Sky Blue Stories is recorded at the Hills Podcast Studio at the Bella Vista Hotel. Thank you, guys. Yeah, excited. <laughs> Thank you so much. And thanks for saying I'm your favourite player. Thanks for having me on, guys. No problem. Thanks for having me on. Thanks so much for having me. Um, it's an absolute pleasure to be here. No problem, guys. Thank you for having us. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you for having me on here. Thanks for having me. No problem. Thank you for having me on. Hey, guys. How are you going? No problems at all, guys. Thanks for having me. Thank you very much. It's a nice introduction. No problem. Thanks so much for having me on, guys. Well, thank you very much. Thanks for having me, guys. A good laugh, a good chat. So I've enjoyed it. Thanks, boys. Welcome back to Sky Blue Stories, the one and only Sydney FC podcast coming to you from the Hills podcast studio in the Bella Vista Hotel in the northwest of Sydney, well away from the northern beaches. But a very <laughs> big shout out to all of our listeners in the northern beaches. We hope that the next hour, hour and a half helps you get through what must be a very challenging Thinking time. Thinking of you, Michelle. Yes, definitely. Right. And uh, a couple of our W League players that had to escape uh, lastminute.com. Uh, tonight you've got Jonathan Finger, Sean Maloney, and the wonderful and telfast uh, ridden James Piacenta. What was the adjectives for me? You've got to own them. You're just a guy. Uh, Thank you so much. Favoritism. <laughs> Favoritism. That was we've, just brutal. We just because he brings the laptop. We've, uh, we've been very busy the last couple of weeks with Sky Blue last Stories. Last couple of hours. Last couple of hours. Uh, possibly we're, we're discussing starting, this. We're starting this recording at 8.30 at night. Yeah. When we're usually well wrapped up by now. That's heading a lie. into That's a lie. No, we're heading into beers by now. Yeah. Yep. Should we ever stop though? No, we are nothing but dedicated. We aren't. Um, That's where your Patreon money's going. Earlier, we Alcohol. spoke to possibly we're discussing no, no, dedication. this. Dedication, gentlemen. Focus. You really want to get this done in twenty minutes, don't you? I'm just trying to do the intro. It's got a walking wire. all over it's my shit. We're still on the intro on the run sheet, damn it. Walking all over my shit get as on, usual. Uh, note that swear word down. Um, yeah. <laughs> Guys, earlier tonight we spoke to the one, the only, uh, Adam Alfie LaFondra. Thanks to everyone uh, across all of our platforms for, for sending in your questions. Really did our jobs for us, I guess. We um, didn't have to be too creative uh, due to the popularity of him. Probably, we are discussing before, guys, but possibly our biggest guest. Is that rude to others? Oh, he's, he's, he's there at Brosk levels. Yeah. And Danny. Danny Love. Yeah. I still beat him. <laughs> Ross Anderson levels. Why Ross. are you beating Danny? Beat him in soccer, mate. Oh, Manly Dolphins. That's it. Exactly. Uh, so that's coming up very, very shortly. Welcome to those who haven't listened to us before. As we said, we are your only place <laughs> to listen to a podcast dedicated to Sydney FC. We're, um, we're only place to get fan stories so far, too. True, <laughs> except when otherwise asked for <laughs> by the club. Yeah, but then they don't do anything with them. Oh. We should chat about that, Danny. We should. Um, we're now over 500 followers on Twitter, Woo. gentlemen, which is pretty Twitter verified. sensational. Uh, that's a great milestone um, as we tonight record one year on from the first time we actually stepped foot in this studio here, gents. Um, it's been a big year. It's been beautiful. 365 odd days of wonderful podcasting with uh, two... Of my dearest friends and James, uh, I was referring to Andrew with that one time that <laughs> he was fair on the enough, podcast. Actually. Fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> we um, we do want to say a very quick thank you before we get on with uh, some other content tonight. Uh, that uh, a big thank you to our patrons, um, guys. You you you're absolutely helping keeping 
this thing going. Um, we, we couldn't be more grateful for that. We've guys, we've had a few more uh, in the last week. So a big, uh, a big shout out and thank you to uh, Jerry, Jerry Choate, Brendan Slowey, the one and only, uh, Chili, Alex Pinamella, Pinamilla, uh, Eric Mete, who actually took out one of our competitions last week. So well done, Eric. And a further Eric, Eric Suki. Uh, thank you so much to all of you guys and everyone else that's jumped on to support Sky Blue Stories on Patreon. You can do the same by jumping on www.patreon.com and searching for Sky Blue Stories. Gents. Jonathan. What's, what's been happening? Nothing. Nothing. Christmas. Adam LaFondra. Adam LaFondra. Apparently there's a season kicking off this weekend, not that we'd know it. No, there's not. Oh, not for us. No. Premature. So the rest of the country can travel, but us. Oh. <laughs> How borders are closed to the A- after all the crap we gave Victoria, <laughs> all the crap we gave Victoria, and now the northern we regions. have. Oh no, I was going to say we have more teams than any other state. We no nope, Melbourne. Melbourne has three. No, but Central Coast, Newcastle, and the Wellingong Phoenix. Ah uh, yes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they're like I Sam Neil or the or the um, crowded house. We're going to claim Russell them as Crow. our own. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Here you go. Yeah. <laughs> Only when they're good. Well, Only they're going to lose an A league license. Claim Peter Jackson later, Lord so. of the Rings more at it too. <laughs> well, when they lose their A league license, they'll become the Wollongong Phoenix. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. Well, yes. there we go. We've got we've got more uh, more teams than any other state. We do. We should do. We should be Eastern Seaboard A League. So Jimmy, it, they haven't announced yet, but it, our our thirtieth of December game has been delayed. Yes, and it seems like our first game will be on the second of January. Correct. At In the gong? Uh, yeah, Win Stadium down in Wollongong against the Wellington Phonics. <laughs> Correct. Um, so it's a home away from home, mm. I guess, in a way. If um, you have an Airbnb that you'd yes, like to yes, rent out yes. to seven sweaty, smelly men, and Sean, who does most of the cleaning, then I'm very hygienic. Hit us up at skybluestories <laughs> at outlook dot com, and we'll be renting that Airbnb off you. We'll uh, take a caravan. We'll take anything. You're wonderful. You will take a caravan <laughs> of courage. <laughs> Diego Castro, a bit of, uh, yeah. I'll <laughs> see what he's doing. <laughs> he's not in use at the moment. I hope. Shouldn't oh dear. Be. So the the girls are still playing. W League still going ahead. They're at, well, different fixture actually. They're playing uh, the very first game of either W League or A League season. So they'll be kicking off uh, before the Macarthur and Western Sydney Wanderers A League game. Mm. Um, Bank West. So in a city derby. So get out there on uh, what do we say Sunday? Sunday, yeah. Um, get out there and support. Are the we girls. allowed to games? Well, at the <laughs> moment, I yeah, I let's don't say know. so. Outdoor gathering, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're religious, so it's all right, right? We will Football's see. a religion. We will see. Um, so, like I said, at this stage, we've we've got another pod before uh, the season kicks off. So we will we'll definitely preview the season uh, next week with a little bit of help from uh, the wonderful Lizzie Rolston, who we also spoke to this she week. She was amazing. I love chatting with her. So keep an eye and what an a busy ear week for that. We've got a lot on. Yeah. It's only it's Wednesday. Apparently, there's some religious it's also Tuesday ceremony festival Friday, at the end of this week as well. So, it's a local oh, Christmas, bloody yeah. hell! <laughs> I'm like, what religious 
things happening this. Why would our listeners Festivus. care about religion? Festivus. Festivus, Festivus for the rest of us. Or, mm. or Hanukkah. Yeah, I was going to say, we're coming to the end of the Hanukkah period. Yeah. Are we? My, yeah. yeah, yeah. My uh, menorah is almost full of Ooh. candles. All seven of them. My dreidel. Yep, Ooh. dreidel, 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 made them out of clay. Nice. All right. Uh, but there's also, speaking of... Now that we've offended every religion. <laughs> <laughs> well, now for the... Mo- <laughs> no. <laughs> And the Buddhists, you're next in my radar. No, um, but there's also been some other changes to the A-League fixture. Yeah, yeah. what's going on there, Sean? People saw it. Uh, there was a couple of TBDs or TBAs in the, in the thing, but they've come out this week. The club, our Western United game is will be on the February 26th. Is at Amy Park because they hadn't established where to play yet, but mm-hmm. I think Amy Park is best because I think of a uh, amount of crowd you can have there and be just with COVID and what's happening at the moment. Um, and then our other game against the Wollongong Phoenix is on, <laughs> it's uh, the 14th of March, and that day rings a bell for some particular reason. I can't quite put my finger on Albert, it, James. Albert Einstein's birthday. Yeah, um, but it's a pretty important day for one member of this room. Um, Win Stadium, but now starting at 6.40. Later, later for yeah, kick-ons. Later. So if, uh, boss, if you are listening... I will not be in at work on the 15th. Again, of March. we need another Airbnb. Sky Blue Stories Outlook.com. Maybe our Patreon can buy a surely, place down there. Surely. Something. Come yeah, on, guys. I think so. I think so. Um, very good. Uh, we're mixing We're mixing a bit of what's happening around the grounds and the socials this week, Sean. So we're, we're hijacking your wonderful uh, yeah. social wrap. Something popped up on Twitter, and I like to think I'm, I'm abreast. Of most things that come along mm. on Twitter, um, you would. the manure derby. <laughs> it's because it wasn't on Twitter, wasn't it? No, yes, it was. It was on a, well, it sort of was. Um, well, you you mentioned something. Yeah, there, Danny yeah, Danny Townsend, club CEO, was on uh, the World Game mm. last last week, and um, they just had Vince Rigari on uh, previous uh, prior to Danny being on, and they were sort of trying to come up with a name for the MacArthur and that other mob. <laughs> Derby and uh, Danny was obviously listening in and, and threw in his suggestion of the manure Derby. The manure derby. And it. and you know what? He's not just taking the piss. Cow Pasture Road. Uh-huh. Right? Manure Derby. It links Parramatta. I love it how him as a brilliant. CEO, like, <laughs> he, he straddles the fence between... personality. Yeah, like, he's still wonderfully professional but still can enjoys a little cheeky dig and a bit of humour, like... I think some other CEOs would, would stay away from that, but you know he doesn't mind showing a bit of personality of his own on Twitter and the like. So I still reckon, still reckon they should organise, you know, Jim's fertiliser to just dump a big Jim's mowers, yeah, something out, out like the that. Front, yeah, out the front on uh, on Saturday, on Sunday, sorry, kick off. That'd be great. Yeah. Uh, another development that's happened at the moment: the boys are well and truly out of quarantine, out of their hotels. Thank Christ. Um, the fences from Kennards have come down. <laughs> um, and they had, was it today or yesterday? They had the training session at, uh, I think it was today, actually, at Krogra. Mm-hmm. So that Redis has been reunited with his friends. Uh, no longer does he have to look longingly through the, the fence <laughs> of, of Kennards. <laughs> Thank you, Kennards, not sponsors. Um, so it's good that the boys can get into some kind of um, routine now with the entire squad and, and, you know, look forward to what, January 2nd, what was our game? Yeah. Yep, that's the one. Yeah. Um, and then other little th- couple of things I wanted to point out was um, I like it when, and we've mentioned this on the pod in, in times and days gone past, especially during COVID when we're all locked down and whatnot, 
the little cheeky banter between the team that we see on Instagram and the like, it just shows that lovely kind of camaraderie between the teams. So there was a photo of Redders when he's hold, looking at the, uh, you know, holding the fence, looking through there from Kennards higher. And, um, you know, Sydney Football Club has put something saying, you know, hey guys, and then you see Ryan McGowan, 89, at Redders. Um, it's like, what would he be saying? So, But it says like, your dresser in quarantine. Referring to Redders, your your hairdresser in quarantine. So, yeah, and, and seeing Redders there at the A-League launch, and I use that term in inverted commas because it wasn't much of a launch, um, looking very scruffy, Mr. Redders. That's right. That's yeah. right. Spending Gosh. too much time in that whiskey cabinet. <laughs> just, just a little trim around the sides, Redders. Just a little trim, mate. I liked his, uh, his Vikings haircut he rocked up to training with last year with mm. the shaved <laughs> the back and the... the was that taking the piss out of Tilio, wasn't it, that one? I think it might have been, but he also, uh, for those that have watched Vikings, the, the <laughs> series, he actually does look very much uh, like uh, Ragnar Lothbrok and 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 and, so, and the other characters on that show. So he he must have a bit of Viking, you know, I reckon, Redders. But um, another thing that popped up on our uh, on our radar was the great work um, that's done by Rowdy, our friend of the pod, um, on sfcu.com.au as well as his own little side page, sfcstatistics.com. So for those that don't know, um, after every game, we try and allocate uh, Man of the Match points to uh, the players as a result of, obviously, the game that we've just seen. That's run, That's been run for a few years now, and uh, obviously we like to promote that on here, a bit of cross-promotion. So after the ACL campaign uh, finished up, that, that officially called an end to, to our season, and... All the results have been tabulated. No big surprises uh, in the top five and, and certainly no surprise that Luke Bratton was uh, the winner of the SFCU. Yeah, we picked it from a mile away, but he earned it. Absolutely. I thought there was a little surprise. Mm. Third place. Caceres? Caceres, yeah. yeah. Like, Don't get me wrong, I love the fellow and I want him to start each and every week barring injury and suspension, but uh, for a bloke that... Didn't get a lot of starts and often came off the bench and whatnot. Um, you know, he, he snuck up his way to third place. So just goes to show, give this boy time. Well, Jimmy, Jimmy's a big fan. We're all a big fan of AC. Um, but I'm the same as you, Sean. It was a bit of a surprise to see him pop up in third place. Um, it's just it's nice to know that everyone else shares the same love that we do, Jimmy. Mm. Yeah, no, I am uh, a huge fan. A huge fan and look forward to seeing more of him this year. hope so. A little disappointing thing is that we've seen that little downward trend of the votes for SFCU coming through. So big call out to everyone. Get on and get vote involved. for them. Get involved. Um, and <laughs> get voting for when we have clean sheets and the defenders put in a good job because um, we'll let people go and have a look at, at, like I said, those websites we just mentioned. But Wilco and McGowan uh, missed out on on many 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 votes that uh, I I thought both had a had an extremely strong uh, 2019 20 campaign. So uh, it was a shame to see those guys. Just goes to show that you know the showman up the front and goal scorers and everything else get yeah. all the all the plaudits. But uh, and that's something we noticed when COVID things resumed that we started to notice more of Redders, even though he'd been fantastic for the rest of the season. We're like. Yeah, the, the centre-backs and those defensive guys don't get much attention. But um, another one was, I know we've Jimmy and I, we've harped on this several times with Costa. Mm. And I like this little paragraph here <laughs> that Rowdy has put. 
Um, he talks about there was a match that wasn't very divisive and a lot of um, votes were evenly spread, but that was the last half point that Barbarossa scored for the rest of the season. In fact, he hardly got any votes after that match, and that was the away game to Newcastle in round 14. Round 14. You know, so despite making a further 21 appearances, starting 21. in... 21. Yeah, and starting wow. in 21. eight of them. 21 more games. And starting in eight... Not 18? Starting in 18 of that wow. 21. You, oh, you said eight. Sorry. So, starting yeah. in 18 of that 21. Yeah, that's more like it. He didn't pick up a single vote in 12 of those matches. Fifth best was how he <sighs> was the best he did. Yeah. So that's... I've got... Not too popular with the fans. Not. I'm, I'm starting my New Year's resolution yes. early, which was a lesson... I was failed to be taught as a child. Mm. Humility? If you don't have... No. If you don't have anything <laughs> nice to say. I, I see... Yeah, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. And I, therefore... Are you resigning from the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm resigning from commentary on Costa Barbarossa's. Unless he does something good. He which you is can then not adding on. to... Do we sound a bit like a broken record? At Landfill. <laughs> He's what? not taking up a valuable plot. Which is good, right? At Rookwood. Because then, because then when he does the do something... That's thing I've got for him. Well, then he, when he comes good, and we want him to come good... So I want you do. two to just keep your commentary going. <laughs> okay. And I shall be the voice of... Yeah, but on the other side of the coin... Mm. The voice of reason? He's... Good song. Helping our youth team by showing them not what to do. Wow. Wow. Silver lining, glass half full. Trying. Love your attitude, <laughs> I'm trying. James. I'm trying. It's Good the man. 22nd of December. You've got a few few days to <laughs> better lay. You know, perfect it. Exactly. Yeah. I might I might slip a few times, yeah. but as long as I'm good so by yeah. January 1. Yeah. Um we're very Football fans are very forgiving. And, so yeah, and please hold me accountable if because you I just I, do, I want to do nothing but see the best in him. I want to see the best of him as well, and I'm sure we will. And if you watch his replays of his few years at Melbourne City, you will see the best of him. Victory? That's a positive. Yes, yes Victor. Yes. Um, sorry. you got City Group on the brain, don't yes. you? Yes. And Telfast. <laughs> um, Have a Zyrtec. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well said. Yeah. Uh, in other news, before we uh, before we get to the big big Adam Lafondre interview, yeah. there are a few things that few things this uh, this week that have started to grind my gears, Sean. Your blood's boiling. It uh, just uh, go for it. Raging, vent. Raging. Number one, if it's Costa, I've got you covered. It's and not. And this stuff <laughs> is not specifically Sydney so, but there is a sometimes it does. Someone needs to say something. Like, Got to get it off your chest, John. Like I have on social media. Do it. Unless anyone wants to sue me and then it wasn't me. Um, Bernie Abini and the way that he's carried on to get out of his contract. Always saw it coming. And go and sign. Ever since I saw him at Sydney Westfield. Sydney Wanderers. <laughs> in a matching night tracksuit, bum bag and Those Balenciaga little sneakers. Little I knew. Yeah. What there kind of sneakers? And you know what? <laughs> the the way that he's carried on, and for those that haven't seen the Laurie McKinna um, YouTube clip when he when he's speaking about you know mental health and, and people that may be using it as a, you know incredibly poor 
reason to get out of a football contract. Mm. I mean, you can't get much lower than that, in my opinion. It's not fair the ones who genuinely have it. Exactly. Um, but we all have mental health. But, you know, to, to leave and then to sign for the Wanderers in the same week, the same week that James Troisi ripped up his contract with Adelaide United and said, I don't want to play for you anymore, probably because they're not paying him as much money as the Wanderers will. He tore his contract up at Adelaide, went to the Wanderers, and then they weren't done yet. They thought they'd target the Central Coast Mariners' probably best player last year, if not in the top two, a bloke who signed a new contract a couple of months ago and said how proud he was to sign and play for the Central Coast Mariners, mm-hmm. has now ripped his contract up and he's playing for Money Carl points. Robinson's Western Sydney Wanderers. I mean, come on. They're a joke of a club. And not just there's Carl Robinson as well. He's, you know, more or less done the same thing. He's, he's jumped shit from the Jets as well. He's got everyone convinced, Sean. Mm. He's got everyone convinced. I mean... You, you hear him on the the Shim Spider and so much more podcast, right? He's he's saying when asked about his contract at Newcastle when he turned his back on the club, and I acknowledge if he wasn't getting paid, sure, probably a good reason to to look elsewhere, right? But as has been said, he knew what he was coming into in terms of the club, the ownership situation, the lack of resources that he would be working with. Yeah, he coached seven good games or something, right? But he is responsible for these signings happening, mm. okay? Um, not only that, on the podcast that I just mentioned, he has said that he didn't want to talk about the specific reasons between him and Newcastle because that was a personal thing. It was a conversation between him and Laurie and it would be unprofessional of him to speak about the ins and outs of contracts. The very next question he's asked about why he's targeting contracted players and he says, oh, well, you know, we didn't take anyone that wasn't offered to us. Some of the players offered to him are represented by the same agency that represents him. Coincidence. So don't come at us with your professional bullshit if you're going to start tapping up people when they're under contract. It's just absolute height of being a hypocrite and I cannot wait until we kick their asses and I hope they lose eight in a row, Sean, and he loses his fucking job. Wow. And we had a similar situation with Max Burgess, but we said, no, we won't talk to him. He's under contract, and he needs to see that out with Western United. Exactly. I wouldn't be surprised if Burgess turns up there either. <laughs> you reckon? What does it say about the players themselves, though? Oh, well, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I'm, like I said, very, very, very disappointed. And I, I encourage people Bernie to Abini. watch that Laurie McKenna... He's at some kind of luncheon or something like that for one of the sponsors, I think it is. And I got to take my hat off him to have the balls and the and, and, and the courage to be able to say that. And that's towards the end of his his time up there in front of everyone and have the balls to be able to say that and call somebody out and just call a spade a spade. I, I really admire him for doing that. It's it wouldn't have been easy because mental health is a very touchy subject. But I think there are some people who, in this case, are using it to their advantage because it's such a prickly topic that, of course, you wouldn't want to question mm. it. Um, and then, like, the the very – he signs for Wanderers. He's in the bloody uh, little montage clip that they've got for the start of the season. And then they have a trial or a friendly game. I can't remember who it was. And he, and he started. Yeah. He sta- and he started. 
Yeah. So bang straight away, everything's fine. He's in black and red. That's and the cure to his yeah. illness. Yeah. The cure to his illness. Really disappointing how he's behaved. Um, and then Carl Robertson. So the apple hasn't fallen far from the tree there inside the club. And if you needed any more reason to hate the club, mm. here it is. Yep. And what's the other thing, John? Are you finished with that? Oh. You okay, you need to take a breath. Go massage. It's very Alan yeah. Jones of you. We might have to bleep some of that. This, this episode comes with a swearing warning. Um, <laughs> news that popped up last night. Um, the newest A-League club also happens to be based in <laughs> Western Sydney. Something about the geography. It's like um, a triangle. MacArthur FC, I mean, my God. Um, they have pissed off all of their fans uh, already with... with the you know copywriting of the name of their supporters group, they're charging four hundred and forty dollars a ticket for that region, and then they move them without telling them. Now they have found a way to have a backdoor entrance into the NPL One competition, Sean, in Northbridge, in so the North Shore yeah. of Sydney. So for those who don't know, Northbridge were affiliated with Central Coast Mariners, so they had called themselves the North Shore Mariners. And then that, I, I follow a page on Facebook called The Clean Sheet. The great guys who run that and have got a podcast too, not as good as ours, but they've got one <laughs> nonetheless. Uh, <laughs> no, they're very good. And this, so Northbridge cut ties with the Mariners. And, I, and, it, and it looked like they were just going to go it on their own and just be their own entity once again. And then out of the blue, somehow, somehow Northbridge is near Campbelltown Way. Yeah, Worth apparently. How many? Uh, yeah. What did you say? It was 60, 60 odd cases. Yeah, across Sydney. Imagine the tolls. Yeah. <laughs> um, not only that, Sean, Northbridge had not told their NPL players that this was happening until it went up on social media. I wonder if there's got to be some kind of law or clause to, you know, like unfair dismissal or something. Uh, you know, you've paid your monies, you've been at the club, and just to be there pissed off and flicked away into the gutter. Only for some other guys through MacArthur, the under twenty three, for them to pick their own team and just go, there you go. I wonder if they've even been invited to a trial. Who would want to actually anyway if um, he had been? There's some very, very, very so what do you, strange what do you think, decisions happening at that club. Do you think it's Mac- Do you think what's MacArthur's agenda here? Is it Northbridge's agenda? They want to get into MPL one. Yeah. So their juniors can, you know, play at a higher level and they can pick players from there. Rather than earning on merit, earning your way up, you know, through the system. Because uh, Wanderers, you know, they're younger guys. They're at NPL two at the moment. They played in NPL one this year because of COVID and different. But yeah. um, the Jets, when they got put into football New South Wales this past season, they were put into I think NPL mm-hmm. four or three, and they got to work their way up. So why is it any different? But they've found a little well, nice how, little how, sneaky how, loophole of sorts. How football New South Wales have allowed it is. A disgrace. No, it's a you absolute know. disgrace. Money talks. There's politics involved, obviously. It's it's you know again. It's it's probably similar to the Carl Robinson situation, right? They may not have done too much wrong, mm. but it's just wrong. Yeah, it's not morally or ethically right. It's just wrong. Mm. Um, so anyway, a bit upset this week, Sean. Yeah, I feel sorry for those at North Shore or the former North Shore Mariners who are well, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's just not right what MacArthur's doing, but they've probably done everything by the book, but it just doesn't it doesn't look or feel right. That's wrong. Anyway. 
Kind of ending on a sour note, boys. On to happier news, though. Yes. Uh, we did have, if we're kind of done with, with most of that, we had a guest earlier. Did we? We did. And Look I'm so you. happy. Look at you. Your I'm little so smiles happy. back. I was so Your happy. little cheeks, Those they just dimples. flushed with colour. Mm. Bloody wanderers and MacArthur have found a way to upset me. No. Um, no, they haven't. Look at you. We did, we did have you, a guest. Who do you love? <laughs> Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? Turn that off your screen. Uh, <laughs> yes. James, Not on you the are, podcast, Sean. <laughs> you are right, James. Family friendly. Um, and our guest earlier tonight um, really needs no introduction for any Sydney FC fan. And uh, let's be honest, there's probably a whole bunch of casual listeners that have tuned in tonight to hear about Alfie and not to hear listen to us whinge about, you know. They probably Sydney fast forward, and, to yeah, be honest. Yeah, probably have. <laughs> um, he doesn't need an introduction, but we'll do one anyway. Uh, Adam Fondra spent the last two A-League seasons with Sydney FC before leaving on loan with uh, two club golden boots, a Premier's plate, two championships, and a city full of admirers for his prolific goal-scoring abilities, incredible engine, and just for being an all-round top bloke, really. Uh, when announced alongside Sim De Jong two and a half years ago with Sydney Harbour in the background, he said... It's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for me and my family to come out here and win trophies, which I haven't had a lot chance to, to do a lot in my career. So I want to come out here and I want to give a good account of myself. This probably ended up being the understatement of the century, with Alfie bagging 45 goals in 68 appearances for the Sky Blues to be third on the all-time goal scorers list. It's a huge Sky Blue stories. Welcome to Adam Alfie LaFondra. Mate, before we get into some questions from Sydney FC fans, take us back to, it was, it was nearly two and a half years ago now, to, to 2018. Uh, you started the season already with Bolton, and, and I think it's fair to say Bolton were probably starting to, sh- uh, unfortunately, show signs of what was to come off the pitch anyway. So you mentioned in, in that press conference, the original press conference in Sydney Harbour, that you know, your agent got in touch with you and said there's an opportunity, but how did it all unfold on your your end? Uh, well, in that, um, you know, summer window, I was sort of looking to move abroad. Anyway, I was sort of uh, fielding calls from, you know, the opportunities to move to, uh, you know, a different lifestyle, a different country and, and try different football. Because for me, England became a, very stale for me. Um, the last, I don't know, maybe a couple of seasons, the half season at Bolton um, before we stayed up up until that Christmas I really weren't enjoying my football and um, I came back into that pre-season with a different sort of attitude of you know I'm, I'm going to get my chance this year I'm going to play I've proved my worth and then did really well in pre-season and then we got to the start of the season and we had West Brom away which you know is against the Prem team that just come down I didn't expect to start that game because you know, as, a, as a, a team with a lower budget, you have to go there, shut up shop and try and nick a, mm. nick a result. And, and we did, we won 1-0. So I fully understood that. But then we played at home against Bristol and I thought, we ain't, we ain't got nothing to fear against them. I've, mm. I've been in really good form for three season and I was on the bench again and I just thought, oh, I can't be bothered with it. Like, I just can't be bothered with scrambling to get a, get a place in this team when I've proved my worth time and time again. And um, I just felt like I didn't want a, another season like I had the season before where six months from like August to January, I didn't play and weren't enjoying football, weren't enjoying when I go home, taking it with me to my family and my kids and my wife. And, you know, just a grumpy bastard, really. And uh, <laughs> I, by, by all means, I am 
I am grumpy and people who play me, I bet the Aussie people say I'm a, I'm a, mo- I'm, I'm a moaner, I'm a big moaner. But You're a northerner, mate. I love mate. football, I love <laughs> Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love football and I love, you know, shouting and all that stuff and getting G'd up and all that. But, you know, it's just one of them where I'm, it just seems to be dragging dragging me down a little bit and got a little bit on top of me. I told my agent, just, yeah, have a, have a hear out, see if anything's there. And a few A-League teams, you know, came yeah. and said, come We'd love to take you. Um, the Mariners, I think, came, and but there was no chance of me going there. Um, <laughs> oh wow! Good decision. <laughs> Good decision. Yeah. Um, they came, but they they didn't really show much interest after mm-hmm. it was a bit like delayed. And then Sydney was. Um, I spoke to Fed to, uh, Sid, uh, about Sydney and stuff, and I think he spoke to JT at the time, and then sort of speeded up from there, and then went within like two weeks in August, it was like, right, you got to make a decision sort of thing. Yeah. And I was like, oh, it was like on a weekend. I was like, oh, okay. Um, sat with the wife and I was like, oh, we're going Australia or not? It was like one of them. <laughs> <That's> a... <laughs> so really? put it on each other. Like, uh, are we going then? Or should we? Oh, I was like, oh, yeah, let's go. Like, we just thought, you know what? Why not? Like we only live once. It's an amazing place to come. The, the only things we've heard is amazing things. So, mm. and, and I wasn't enjoying football in England anyway. So, it seemed like a no-brainer for me. And um, you know, when I spoke to everyone at the club, like obviously when I spoke to Bimby, I spoke to Danny, um, the vision for me sat perfect with me and how I wanted to play and obviously wanted to play, you know, every game and start every game. And, um, you know, I think I did near enough that when I when I came anyway. I was going to say, there wouldn't be too much for you to be unhappy about with your time uh, at the club and in Australia, mate, that's for sure. Um, but at the, at, the, at the risk of losing everyone right now that's that's listening to this podcast from Sky Blue Stories, uh, based on your answer to this question, mate, let, let's get it out of the way because I think, you know, half of the questions that our listeners asked us were, were centred around this. What What is the current situation with yourself? Obviously, you're on loan officially. Um, yeah. and, and I've thought, I've thought carefully about how to ask this without getting anyone into trouble, <laughs> including yourself. But is the door open for a return to CDFC either at the back end of this season or in the future? Uh, I don't think it's open for the back end of the season. My loan goes right up till the 31st of May, I think. It's ah, okay. So the season finishes here in, in March, but yeah. um, I think my contract run by until the 31st of May okay. uh, future I don't know you know I had a great time in, in Australia didn't really want to leave um, the family didn't want to leave we had an amazing time you know it's a great place to live great lifestyle Good. I obviously was successful as well which helped me you know uh, so obviously I always have fond memories so who knows enjoying it here could have seen myself staying in India, yeah. Could have seen myself coming back to Australia, yeah. You know what I mean? Football changes in in, in a heartbeat um, and I'm not willing to shut any doors on that. Um, but, you know, like I say, I've, I've loved my time in Australia and, you know, and I'm loving it here as well. Yeah, you can't see Jonathan off camera, but he's just, he's literally just... <laughs> Salivating. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's, um, it, doesn't he's... Mean I'm coming back to, it, doesn't, it wouldn't mean I was coming back to Sydney, though. That means anyone could get me. Oh, oh, I can on. rule out Central Coast Mariners. You, you so could that's... go to the Wanderers, mate. <laughs> oh, don't if you did, Alfie. Oh. oh, my God. I just wanted to see him scoff and it worked. Um, <laughs> now, look, you obviously love the club. Uh, you love the city, you, your teammates. You got that, you know, ink on your upper arm, which is an absolute thing of beauty. Um, you should probably just come back, right? Um, it, it's, <laughs> it's almost written. You can't go anywhere <laughs> it's in else. Ink. It's in ink. Yeah. You know? <laughs> 
more to symbolise the journey for my daughters and stuff like that. But I, I, I understand what you're saying. But you never know what happens with football. You never know. I could come back to Australia. Just don't know where yet. Yeah. <laughs> I could go yeah, looking. Could be- go elsewhere. I don't know. You know, football's crazy. I, I'm I'm sort of taking it as it is, and you know, I'm loving the sort of adventure I'm going on towards the the latter end of my career. And um, you know, like I said, I love my time in Australia. Uh, it was very emotional to leave as well. So. I'm not going to lie about that. Yeah. And look, it'd be, it'd be, uh, we wouldn't be worth our salt if we didn't go to all the effort to get you on a podcast and not G you up. So what we're going to do now, we're going to basically open up the questions to, um, to Twitter. We put a call out as you would have seen uh, on our socials during the week, asking for uh, a bunch of people to send in their questions. We're going to uh, start off with a bunch of people who are kind enough to donate some money to us, um, our, our patrons. We love them. Um, so the first one we've got is from a bloke called Adam. Uh, and he says, on or off the pitch, what did you enjoy most about playing football in Australia? Scoring goals, yeah. I'm about scoring goals, so I was very unenjoyable if I weren't scoring and we weren't winning. <laughs> That's easy, all right. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, a guy called Slowy, he's, he's a little bit slow actually. Uh, asks, <laughs> what are or were the differences in your initial perceptions versus reality? Um, of playing football in developing nations like Australia and like India, obviously developing nations, developing football nations, we mean. So, Very highbrow um, question. Yeah, so <laughs> y- your perception of it, football in Australia and India, what did you think of it and, and what was the reality and, and were there differences? Um, to be fair, I think with both of them, a lot of people bad mouth, I think, because they're scared to try it themselves. And, um, you know, the apprehension of me going to Australia was the standard wasn't going to be as good as what I'm used to. There's going to be a big drop off, and and I didn't really see that. I was quite, I was really quite surprised at how high the the standard of the squad in Sydney was, um, and even across the league, you know, they've got some very talented players, and obviously you can see with our dominance that we were obviously one of the better teams. So, um, you know, I, I was fully vindicated joining obviously Sydney, but it was it, the standard was good and what I was what accustomed to. I think the biggest thing for me joining Sydney was the changing room was was awesome. Like it was. It's so tight knit straight away. It felt very much at home in the change rooms I'm used to in England, um, just without the ego, really. And, um, you know, that's what I really enjoyed as well. Um, and, and, and India's the same, you know. I think a lot of people have got this thing on India. It's a retirement league. It's this, it's that. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely not the, you know, the, the standard of play is, is improving. It's maybe not as far forward as Australia's league, but I don't think it's that far behind in, in terms of developing. I think, you know, the next probably five to seven years, they're going to have a real, you know, upturn in fortunes with what they do if their development keeps going on. And obviously the the clubs keep pumping money into the, you know, the investment of academies and uh, the grassroots football. And obviously, you know, you're building up the players from like 12 to 16 and and getting them into the game because, you know, there's so many people here, the population's massive. And and obviously obviously cricket's the first sport here, but then after that it's football, you know, it's a football mad country as well. So, there's, there's plenty of players here to develop. Uh, it's, it's, it's probably similar to, to Australia in a way, maybe not the, the people-wise, but, you know, uh, football over in Australia is, especially junior sport, is, is the pop- most popular, I think. And, mm. and obviously they can't convert their numbers into fans, which is the struggle. Mm. Um, and I think obviously that, you know, both nations have got similarities in that aspect. And 
and obviously probably need to take a leaf out of each other's book to to how to convert that because you know down down the line obviously Australia need to develop further and get another golden generation which is what they where they're, they're you know obviously what you're pining for really uh, but they've got they've, they're still producing talented players as it is but they they just want the you know the players that are in the top six clubs in the prem which is you know at the, at the minute for for most nations it's like a golden egg really isn't it? Do you know what I mean they're, they're very rare and and few and far between coming from one nation unless it's you know the powerhouses yeah no fair enough and it's funny you say that about um you know india having such a a, a big uh kind of youth set up for for football as well because you, you see shows like premier league today do specials in india uh over the course of like a week and they go absolutely gangbusters <laughs> for it right so uh, it's massive. A uh, follow-up I wanted to ask you about first coming to play football in Australia was did the weather and the fact that we play in summer and how prohibitive that can be in parts of the country, did that did that take you by surprise? Did it affect your game at all, the way you went about preparing yourself or was it just a, a whatever? Uh, not really. I, I was probably a bit too blase with it, if I'm honest, in the first season. I probably thought it didn't affect me that much. Um, probably the pitches was was one of the things that affected me the most is like obviously I'm used to a bit softer pitches here it's a bit more obviously the the multi-use aren't they the pitches so they're a bit firmer and um, for me a lot I think my first game against Avondale in the cup I come back after that I felt like I'd been hit everywhere with a sledgehammer my body was absolutely destroyed and I did, obviously I did I thought oh it's my first game 120 minutes or whatever like, yeah. I'm a bit sore but my joints everything was sore and I was like I don't feel that old, surely. Like, <laughs> and then, and then we played at Perth. Like, the heat's not really bothering me, but we played at Perth. I think it was like five thirty kickoff or something like that. And I remember doing the warm up, and I was like, "Bloody hell, how are you boys doing it?" <laughs> I was like getting out of breath in the warm up, my head sweating everywhere. I'm next to Broski, and I'm like, "Is it going to stay like this? Or what? Like, I'm gone here." <laughs> <laughs> And I think we, were, I think we, I think we beat him. I think because I, I scored, and I think DDS scored late on. But I'm sure I got cramp after about 50 minutes in the game. And I remember standing on the halfway line, both of my hammies going, my groins were going, and I was like, I've never had this before ever in my life. I thought like, Elias is giving me this chili shot, and I'm drinking it, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing it again. Most of the three of them for the last 90 minutes, and I got and I was like, Come on, I come off the pitch afterwards, and I was like, Tin man walking. I was like, Oh my god, like, we're not playing again at this time, and like, yeah, yeah, welcome to Perth, sort of thing. I was like, oh. uh, Prepared you well for like, India, though, mate, surely. Yeah, well, to be fair, like, when we're playing in the evening here, it's nice, it's, it's very much you know, an Australian theme to it, like, but when we play, we played at five o'clock the other day, and the warm up was murder, but then it cooled down a little bit when it got to like you know, kickoff time, it, it was cool, a little bit cool and, and was okay, but um, I'm probably a little bit, you know, weather, warm weathered now. I'm, I'm trained into it, obviously, mm. by playing in, in Australia. How good. Uh, Alfie, you've scored quite a few goals in your time with Sydney FC. Um, Cameron asks, uh, what's your favourite goal you've scored? You could only pick one. Important or, or just my favourite goal? Your favourite one, your favourite one. Maybe not necessarily the most important one. Uh, probably my second against Brisbane in my hat trick. You know, uh, yeah. come across and reverse it over the keeper. It's my favourite. Uh, <laughs> I like that one a lot. Yeah, not the I same. Like that one a lot. Um, I do like the. I like the Melbourne at home. 
even though I miss a pen that game, I like that one where I spin and score because how important it was. Like, obviously, top of the table clash. Um, we're down to 10 and, you know, sort of equalised. What about, what about that? Really what about that header, mate? Uh, I think Zool's flew it in from about halfway and you just, you know, ran through about three defenders. That was brilliant. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Not too bad in the air for a little bit. Yeah, you do really well in the air. It's very Cahill-esque. <laughs> um, what about a defender in the A-League? Uh, hatchback owner. Yeah, some questionable names here. Hatchback <laughs> owner asks, was there a defender in the A-League that, you know, you didn't enjoy coming up against? You know, you were going to have a... Tough you know, time against. Tough time against. No. No. <laughs> we weren't frightened of anybody. Oh, good. I love it. I, there was a defender I did like. I, I like, uh, is it Vutrich from, from Perth? Oh, he was a good defender. I didn't, yeah. I didn't mean I was scared of him, but uh-huh. I thought he was a good defender. I think my record shows that. I weren't really scared of anyone. Absolutely. And a, a good mate of ours, Daniel Bergman, asks, now this is a bit of a... Yeah, no fence-sitting. Yeah, no fence <laughs> on this one. Uh, we've talked about this in the pod and on the socials a fair bit. But if you were manager and you've got to choose between King or Zulo to start, Ooh. who are you picking? Oh, that's hard, that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's a terrible... I, I think, didn't even... That didn't even register with question. me. That's a terrible question. They're both, they're both fully fit and firing into the season. Absolutely fully yeah. fit. Hammy's and a Zulza. Yeah, yeah I'd, personally, I'd pick. I think Zulza's got his big nose out in front. <laughs> but, but Kingy was superb last season. Like, he was. He, he grew into the season. Was was one of our best players towards the end of it. Um, yeah, agree. You know, he, he's got a very bright future in front of him. Agree, definitely. And uh, another similar question. Uh, what about Jovan asks, uh, what about the best player you've ever played with? And not just talking about Sydney, just through all your time mm. in England, maybe even in, in India now, best player you've ever played with? I think best player career-wise, probably Ida Good Johnson, probably name-wise. Like he was, I played with him at Bolton and he was like 38 at the time and, you know, he still oozed class. He couldn't really run that much, but he just oozed class. Like, you could see his touch was a joke. Football just came so easy to him. And I played with Ian Hart at, um, oh, wow. at Reading as well. An absolute wand of a left foot. Like, one of the best set-piece takers I've ever seen. And uh, he, to be fair, he's, a, he's a, a good friend of the family as well. And he was, you know, part of the Leeds team, which was unbelievable. Um he was a great player. He, funny story, he, he, um, he's the same size feet as me, like size eight, and he used to sit next to him in training. And every day he'd come out of training, take his foot out of his boots, and his feet were like that. And I go, why are your feet like that, mate? And he's like, I wear size sixes. I'm like, you're size eight. And he's wore like size six boots for like years, years and years and years. He's like, I just like the tight feeling on my feet. He's like, yeah, but your feet don't like it because they're like that. Your toes are red. Like, and, and they're not even bending and stuff. Like, they're just crumpled up like a car crash. Money's torture, I think. They yeah. <laughs> Back in the- yeah, that, but, but obviously it worked for him because he, his, his delivery was a joke with his feet. All right, next season, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> Couple of sizes down, yeah. sure. And ultra football band. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, speaking of, we know you're a big football manager uh, fan and obviously you've got a, a heap of time at the moment, Alf, to, to keep you occupied. Um, putting a football manager hat on, what um, what type of striker would you sign for Sydney to to you know sort of not not that you can be replaced, mate, but to come in or 
would you leave it with the current setup with Trent Costa and the young boys, or would you would you look to bring in someone a bit different? Uh, I think I think you'd give Trent a chance and obviously Luke a chance, but I, th- I still think uh, I'd like to bring in someone a bit more experienced, just yeah. in case. You know, Trent Trent's not long off a bad injury. Luke um, is susceptible to you know coming off when he mm. plays sometimes um, with cramps and, and and niggles and stuff. So I would. I would probably maybe get a taller striker, maybe you know, to someone different to to change the game up. Um, but obviously, I'm not coach. Bimby likes playing with two, you know, yeah, mobile nines as well who who press and run from the front. So, you know, if you're a big striker, you've got to be able to shift as well and and be on the front foot. Uh, I don't think he's going to want a statue stood up front if he gets a big man. I think that worked quite well with with Sim when he was fit um, in your first season, mate. The two of you, I mean, that was a joy to watch from a Sydney FC fan point of view. Yeah, Sim was really good. It was such a shame for him, you know. He got the injury at the Wanderers derby. It sort of killed him for like, you know, yeah. probably four weeks, I think it was. And then he come back, scored against Wellington and got smashed from behind. And that was him pretty much done. Like, you know, he's through no fault of his own. He, he got smashed with a bad tackle. and Yeah, that's right. You know, Shocker. The fact of him being a, an injury-prone player sort of followed him. And it's, you know, it weren't really his fault. Um it's, it's hard, really, because he's such a good player who's technically so good, and I just don't think he got the, the chance to you know, show his skills every week because, obviously, he weren't available. Yeah, no, it was it was good to watch him, um, but it was few and far between, right? So, yeah, yeah, unfortunately. But, um, oh, yeah? No, no, go. Uh, we're just going to ask, we've got uh, another one here from Charlie who says, um, who out of the current crop of youngsters do you tip to have the biggest uh, breakout mm. season this year, you know, if given the opportunity? Good question. Um, I think the brightest future is probably Anton Milano. Milano. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think he's going to have a really good, you know, really good future. I think he'll be in Europe in no time. Left-footed centre-half, big, fast. Well, I, obviously, is it? I don't know if he's going to play because obviously you've got Wilco and, yeah. and Gowser. So, do you know what I mean? It's hard to break yeah. in with that team. <laughs> he's sort of fifth choice at the moment, isn't he, unfortunately? Yeah, I, uh, exactly, yeah, and obviously, like you say, you got Benny and you've got Flotty as well. So, but well, he's a, a very good young player. Um, obviously, sleepy Callum Nunoff as well. He showed in, <laughs> in the ACL. In, in the ACL, I think he showed like in the. Obviously, I watched the games as well because I had nothing but time here. So, um, I think he showed in the games. He's a, he's a very good player. There's one one criticism I always had of him, and I'm sure he'll tell you himself. Every time in training, I always told him he took too many touches on the ball. I always used to tell him. Yeah. And if I take it off, it, I'd I'd always go see. I told you, yeah. two touch, one touch play, every time. And he, it, but he he was fantastic in 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 the games. And I think if he gets in the team, I think he's going to be hard to move. But like I said, you've got Bratsy, you've got Retre, and mm. you know, part of the team that won it last year. It's hard to displace them for a young lad when there's not many spaces in the team to come into. You know, it's all right giving young players a chance, but it's they've got to deserve it and they've got to take it from someone who's in front of them and. You know, the people in front of them have just won you know, back to back. So it's quite hard to say, yeah, you deserve that chance. Um, now, you've said this a couple of times in terms of having nothing but time. What are you doing? Like, apart from, you know, Zooming <laughs> zooming back home, getting on podcasts every now and then, um, what are you doing to occupy yourself? You know, you're in a bubble for however many months. Um, what's, what's, what's it looked like? What will it look like? It looks like my hotel room most of the time. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm just gaming, gaming, watching shows on Netflix, 
Footy manager at the minute. I'm I'm in footy manager. I'm in Bulgaria in the top so, division. So building a team up there at the minute. So that sort of took took me. Um, you know, that's took me mind at the moment. I'm trying to learn a bit of Spanish, bits and pieces, and IBN. and just train. I'm training. It's, there's there's not a lot. Um, it's not a lot really much else I can do. There's not really many options I've got. I can stay in the hotel or I can stay in the hotel. That's my mm. options. Yeah. You got a PlayStation or an Xbox? What do you got? Do cost us? Xbox isn't a gaming. No, PlayStation <laughs> is a gaming. Wow. So you got your PS5 eventually, did you? Did Costa send you over a PlayStation 5 in gift wrapped? Or? I already secured one of them back home in England. It's good. it's on the way. Don't worry, it's on the way. Just <laughs> taking it yet. Oh, how good. Um, so we've got one here from Nick. Uh, Alfie, what's your favourite footballing moment of all time as a player, as a fan? What Ooh. what stands out for you? Well, as a, as a fan, the 99 treble, um, you know, Ollie scoring the winner in the last minute. Um, I remember being, you know, with my dad and, and my brother in a pub in, in Hazel Grove and we were jumping on tables, we're out on the car, driving to Old Trafford after it, everyone's going mental. Um, you know, that that was incredible. And I think footballing moments, it's it's quite hard to um, sort of just signify just one. Mm. You know, I think winning the, the championship with Reading mm. um, when we played, we played Southampton on a Friday night and, and beat them 3-1 and I scored two there and I think that's probably one of my favourite games and favourite moments of my career. And, and obviously my last game for Bolton, the um, 3-2 win against Forest, that was something that I'll never forget. And even though it's only celebrating avoiding relegation, it was something that I can't, you can't really recreate anything. Um, you know, we were dead and buried, um, second bottom at the start of the game. 2-1 down, 88th minute, then, you know, we have like a miracle and, and you know, 3-2 staying up and, you know, the old town's buzzing and stuff like that. So that was amazing. Uh, and obviously, you know, I think winning the back-to-back, you know, like obviously with the Sydney boys, like obviously I knew we expected, we were expected to win. You know, when you go to Sydney, you expect to win. I, I came into the culture of, you know, the last two seasons before me were, you know, unbelievable success with Arnie and, um, I had big shoes to fill. That was part of the reason I wanted to come because, you know, the striker beforehand scored mm. a stupid amount of goals. You know, Bobo scored a stupid amount of goals. So, obviously, I wanted to come and try and beat that. That was something for me that, you know, giving that motivation to come and, you know, try and attempt to get near it and, and you know, prove that, you know, I'm just as good or better. Do you know what I mean? That's That was my sort of mantra. I needed that extra motivation to push me and spur me on. And as soon as I got into the club, it was like, right, we're going to win the league. We're going to win... Um, the GF we're going to win the cup and you know obviously we got the cup final straight away we, we obviously just lost the two worldies from Goodwin then we come second in the league you know we had a, a good season but obviously with Sim weren't fit most of the season mm. we lost out on a little bit of quality here and there and then obviously we win the GF on pens. so like you know my first season we're second second GF so you know I had a gr- we had a great season and, and it was sort of like right we go again that, that's, the, that's the culture is that we don't sit and say, oh, we've won, well done, let's pat ourselves on the back. It's like the next one now, let's go again, Like, let's go and get the next one. I think I think losing to Brisbane in the Cup probably, you know. Yeah. Again, so really was like, all right, a reality shock for you, you know, like everyone thought we were going to sweep everyone and, you know, smash everyone. And, um, we we had great recruitment. manager on the other side. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, was, you know, 
Paolo, I've, I've always had, um, you know, good record against him since managing after that game. Um, but oh, yeah. that game, <laughs> that's right. They bullied us. They, bullied us. Um, they just kicked us off the park at, at, at Leichhardt and, and were better as better than us on the night as well, football wise as well. And I think it's a good, you know, slap in the face for us. It sort of woke us up for the season and it was like, you know, it's not going to be easy. Like, no one's going to roll over for us, which they never do. Which every time we watch the games and you see it's like 4-3 or something and then they come play us and they're like, part the bus, Mourinho. It's like the best performance ever against us. And it's, it's crazy when I was watching the games, like people get beat like five summit and then play against us and it's like 1-0 and we're like scrapping and stuff. It's like, any chance you're doing that for us and rolling over? That's it. I know we've always had a target on our back, don't we? Every single time. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah. Now, a very uh, popular um, uh, fan of the pod and of, of CSE is <laughs> Ardo, all the way from the, where is he, from Norway or something? It's Norway. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Uh, he asks, Alfie, what do you miss most about Sydney in terms of away from football? And don't say the weather. <laughs> what, what, what was it? What is it about Sydney that you miss the most? Is it the public transport or the... <laughs> It's actually all right, the public transport. <laughs> I got my little open card. <laughs> <laughs> Better than an oyster. Next is a Medicare card. My local cafe. Oh, my God. Yeah. For, like, I go to the same one every morning uh, to get my, my coffee. Oh, my God. What's your coffee so order? Much. What's your coffee uh, order? I'm a almond milk latte caramel. Oh, <laughs> Alfie. Is this Nathan Southern? <laughs> oh, I, I can't I can't function without one. And every morning before school run, everything like straight in there, phone order. You wanna give and, him a shout out? Guy, but, uh, <laughs> pardon? You wanna give him a shout out? What was the name of the cafe? Yeah, I got yeah, four brothers cafe in C4. Unbelievable. Beautiful. Nice the world. We're probably in lockdown yeah, now, yeah, unfortunately. We're not, we're not hanging around and see any time at the moment. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you've heard what's happening in Sydney at the moment. Yeah, the bridge is up, isn't it? The bridge is up. <laughs> that was a nightmare. The uh, bridge was a nightmare. Oh, <laughs> they didn't warn you about that one when they were telling you to sign, mate, I'll tell you. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. Look at C4, lovely area. I went there. The bridge was down. It was nice. Traffic was flowing. And then I got there at 8 o'clock in the morning. I was like, oh, no. yeah, that takes 50 minutes to get training. <laughs> Oh, you got to... the kids are the, if the kids are not in the car as well in the T3 lane <laughs> <laughs> now our, our next question is um, from the Wizard of Woi Woi not from actually Matt Simon um, <laughs> but we saw you watching some of Sydney FC's ACL games I mean, you've already mentioned it briefly already but what were you, your impressions of, of how they played like okay the, the results and where we sat on the table would you agree didn't reflect how well we were playing yeah, definitely. I think it's very similar to when I was there. You know, we we battered teams, but we just couldn't put them away. And, you know, when you're getting, you know, promising positions in the game, even the John Book game before I left, we were 2-1 up in the 90th minute against 10 men. Mm-hmm. And they score in the 90th minute. Like, you've got to see the game out. Um, I think I go back to the Shanghai game in, in my first season when we're 3-2 up in the 90th minute. We've got to see the game out. And, like, we don't. We draw free all and it kills us. Um, and I think it's very similar to the games. You know, you've got to take your chances against you know, them sort of teams. And when you're in front, you have to kill the game and make it a horrible game and, mm. you know, take the, the stink out. They do what, you know, they do to you. They go down with cramp, they roll around. Yeah, the corners. They know how to manage the game. I think Australian boys are a little bit too naive in that aspect. I think you just have to, you know, take the sting out of it, start controlling the game and, mm. and ultimately, you know, 
when you get the chances to, to finish them off, you have to finish them off. So maybe not Sydney FC specific if you, if you don't want to, but what's said in the changing rooms in a, a situation like that where, you know, it's done and dusted 90th minute, then you go on to draw or lose. Like, you know, you expect the mood to be pretty pretty crappy and down, but, but what's said? Is it fiery? Is it defi- like what? Yeah. Um, I think it's quite hard to be, you know, too over the top. Bimby's very good with, with that sort of thing. He, he doesn't, you know, overreact in them sort of situation. And the good thing for Bimby as well with the players that he's got, they're very experienced. So, you know, they know the importance of the game and of the results. So, you know, let's take the, the Jumbo game where we conceded in the last minute. Obviously, we're all disappointed in the changing room. We're all saying it shouldn't be happening. We're not ranting and raving, but we're saying it's obviously crap how it's happened because, you know, that's an easy three points for us, really. And, and you know, it, it, it realistically was a springboard. It would have been a springboard for, for the boys to finish the tournament off. If, you know, if we're on three points, then it's different, isn't it? Um, and obviously, Bimby comes in and, he's got, and reflects on it and says, like, look, it's a great performance because, you know, barring the last two minutes of the game, it was a great performance, but we've let ourselves down by conceding a goal like that and not and not being able to see the game out. I think you have to have, as a manager, you have to have perspective and, and you know, be very reflective, very quick and, and not be too downbeat on, on the players. Uh, I think that's what Bimby's great at. He doesn't get, you know, he doesn't overreact in them sort of situations and he's very level-headed. And um, I think, you know, like I said, you've got an experience changing room, you know what's expected as a player before the game and then, you know, after the game, if, if you've done well enough and if you've got the right result, the bo- all the boys know in the changing room know what where it's gone wrong or what's happened sort of thing yeah mate back on uh, going back to the shanghai game in qatar which which i believe you were watching and the boys had you know a thousand chances how how much did you want to be out there you know just to get on the end of a couple of those uh, it's, it's it's hard because you know the boys made some great chances for each other and um it's some of them are unlucky and, and obviously, you know, what me watching that game, um, you know, I felt for the boys because they deserve to win that game. Let's be honest. They deserve to win that game. Shanghai were, were nowhere near the level of, of Sydney, but their quality pulled it out for them in the end and, and obviously staying in the game and, and the boys not taking the chances has, has sort of ultimately killed the game. Um, if, if I played, I'd like to think I would have scored, you know, obviously I'm that, that sort of player, but, you know, it's, it's all shoulda, woulda, coulda sort of thing, yeah. isn't it? You know, it's easy for me to say, yeah, of course I'll score all four <laughs> chances or whatever chances it was. But, you know what I mean? I could, I could have not been in the box at, at the same time as well. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's it's quite hard to say that. Obviously, uh, I loved how the way the boys played. I thought they were brilliant. Um, just unfortunate that they didn't get the results that their performance, you know, deserved really. Mm. It's been a brilliant pre-season for us. I think that will bode really mm. well for us in this upcoming season when it finally starts. Um, another one, a question is from Shaliro. I don't know if I'm pronouncing Shalaru, it right. Shalaru, I reckon. Okay. Uh, why, he asks, why India and how is life there? <laughs> so what was it about India that drew you to? Well, CFG, really. The CFG group um, sort of called mm. me and yeah. their vision for, for me as a, as a footballer um, beyond football was was very interesting and, and with the you know the instability of the league in the in the A League it was you know I've got to make a decision quick I had a few offers from Europe um, but they were a bit messing me around a little bit and you know going into the season I I I already was 
signed to go long before the season finished and they were messing me around quite a lot and uh, I didn't want it playing on my head so I told the European boys I'm, you know I'm done I'm, I'm sorting my own deal out I'm going with with the City group um, who who they put on the, you know the the vision for me to go through their group uh, beyond football really spoke a lot uh, and they were they were really good with Sydney as well which which helped um, me as well so you know their vision for me beyond football if going into coaching if, if I want to go into coaching they'll help me with that they'll give me access to obviously go and watch Pep train and you know well, who better to learn off than arguably one of the best managers ever and you know at the current moment so uh, them sort of things were sort of music to my ears and you know part of pre-season with with Mumbai prior to Covid would have been in Manchester and, and, and at Etihad so you know I'd have been 10 minutes from my home so I would have been even longer at home and you know, with the family and stuff, it's a relatively short season, so I could I could sort of plan my future beyond that. Um, considering I didn't know what was going on in the A League, yeah, um, and what and what was happening with with the future of that. Um, obviously, I was speaking to to Danny and, and Bimby a lot. Um, it wasn't um, a rush decision, but there was a timer on the decision because mm. um, obviously I wanted clarity myself, and they did too. Um, they, but they didn't have any clarity of what was going to happen cut-wise, what was going to happen with the league. So ultimately, it sort of ran out of time for me to say, I can't wait any longer to see what was going to go on. And they understood that. And I under- and obviously, I understood that. And, you know, we were both upset mutually about that because obviously, I would I would love to stay. My my whole thing was that I was going to break the record at Sydney, be the all-time leading goal scorer. Probably would have took me another season to catch. I think Broski's on like 50-odd or something like that, I think. Or so, I think something like that, or maybe 60 and I think it would have took me maybe a season to catch that. And I was thinking if I stay two, three more seasons, then, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to leave a real legacy at Sydney because we're going to win more things. You know, I can be one of the best players, strikers or whatever, you know, that was sort of thing that, that really spoke to me. And um, unfortunately it didn't quite work out because of what, what happened, you know, COVID sort of messed everything up. Uh, Job's not done yet. Welcome to come back and uh, have a complete that legacy, mate. She's so desperate. It's hard to do them All I'm all I'm hitting or all, all I'm hearing from uh, City Football Group is that um, Melbourne City better not get you. That's all I can say about that one. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, that's um, that's really that's a really good insight, actually, mate. Thank, thanks for sharing that. Yeah. That's something we hadn't heard before. So um, that's a really really great answer. And and yeah, I, I'm, I, it's great to hear that you know there are still good football people out there that are looking after players like that. You know, it's, it's, it's probably getting rarer these days, I think, um, unfortunately. Yeah, of course. I think football's changed everywhere, you know, completely. I think it's become so short-termism, um, especially in England, you know, the, it's sort of turned into a bit of a rat race in England now with, especially older players like myself. Um, there's so many players who are, you know, scrapping off six-month contracts yeah. or you're the wrong side of 30. Oh, I don't know. You can do that. I don't know if you can do. That. I spoke to a player who played, I think, twenty games in the Prem last season, and he was scrambling to get a club. Really? I was like, and it, oh, he's thirty odd. I was like, why? And they're like, oh, you just don't fit the profile. You're too mm. old. Be like, no, but you've just played twenty games in the <laughs> Premiership. How can no one be taking you? Mm. And he's like, I don't know. Every t- every team I've gone to have said, yeah, we like you, but you know, I'm not too sure on you. And they're like. But just watch my games for the Prem last season, yeah. and they still weren't having. It was crazy, and I didn't. I, I, for me, I don't want to do that. I don't want to go into a, a rat race with people. I'm like, oh, 
Yeah. Here's, here's a three-month contract. Here's a six-month contract. It's not for me. That I don't not not this stage in my career. It's not for me. Definitely. No, definitely not. Definitely not. A bit, a bit, bit of a, a bit off topic. This one, Alfie. But and I'm stealing a question from later on for one of the boys. But it, hypothetically, obviously, you like I said, you're you're from Stockport. You're a Northerner originally, um, and you, you've got your teams that you love and the teams that you hate from a fan point of view. If if a team that you weren't too fond of offered you a contract, is it all business for you, or would would your you know personal emotions and feelings come into it in terms of accepting your a contract? Fandom. Yeah. No, never. Wouldn't you, know, come you can never do that. Yeah. No, no. If, if I'm out on contracts and they're the only team offering me a contract, then I'm going to take it. It's my job, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I thought that might be your answer. If, <laughs> if, it's between, if it's a choice between United and Liverpool, then I'm taking United. Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ollie would be mad not to sign you, to be honest, mate. Yeah. Well, he signed me before. Top of yeah. Yeah, at Cardiff, yeah? Yeah, yeah. That's why I went to Cardiff. Oh, ah, very good. Very good. He's got Cavani. You're younger than Cavani, mate. You surely. (laughs) I'm not sure, actually. (laughs) About the same size, too. Um, (laughs) um, I I think just on that that whole, you know, City Football Group, go watch Pep Train, blah, blah, blah. uh, Genuinely, like, actually, congratulations. I don't think we've said that yet because that is – pretty freaking huge right a a pretty massive deal so um good on you mate like it 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 makes i don't want to say it makes sense from the the point of view oh you need to justify it to the sydney fc fandom because you know (laughs) screw us um but it's fascinating insight so thank you very much for sharing it at at, at the you know very least right um yeah, uh, well, a couple more from the fans, um, Alf. So, Brendo, this is a tough one to answer on behalf of another player, but um, Brendo's asking, how many goals do you reckon Trent could score this season? And he's got big shoes to fill, he said. <laughs> I think he can definitely get 10 plus. I think he gets himself in great areas. Um, I think his pace creates a lot of chances as well for him. Yeah. Um, one one thing for Trent is, you know, as soon as he gets in behind, no one's catching him, so... You know, I think the only thing he needs to work on is, is his finishing, but he's, he's okay. an accomplished finisher. And I think um, I think from playing regularly, I think he'll get better from that. And um, like I say, I think he'll have a really good season. Obviously, if he stays away from injuries, then, you know, I think that's, yeah. Mate, that's another one. We talked about Sim De Jong earlier, but Trent was on fire in your first preseason with the club before going down with, a, with an ACL. Um, and you two were building up quite a combination, yeah. I think. Yeah, we played every preseason game together, and I think we even played the cup game together as yeah. well. Um, and I, I think even Bimby said he didn't, he didn't, he didn't want to play Broski as much, but obviously he had to because yeah. Trent went down with the ACL in, I think, in a practice game. Um, so, you know, it was unfortunate really because we did have a good partnership. We were both scoring for a uh, will sort of thing in in the preseason, and he's quite easy to play with because, you know, if you're ever in trouble, I just hook the ball on and. <laughs> Oh, like right. a get out club. Yeah. It's like it's like getting out of jail free card in Monopoly. You know, you just play it now and then yeah. and he's just away. It allows you to play those different styles as well, I guess, as a manager with with pace like that to burn. Um, and and you you might not have seen a lot of Trent beforehand when he was at the Mariners, but uh, I guess a big criticism of his was, yep, yeah, he's super quick, but his his touch isn't great, and and whenever he gets into the positions, he's he's not finishing. But that preseason he had with with yourself, uh, you know, he put five or six away. I think he was the leading goal scorer in the cup, and 
then to do an ACL was just um, shattering for the young bloke, but he's come back. Uh, he's come back super strong. We're, uh, everyone's really excited, I think, to um, to see how he goes for us this year. Um, so hopefully, he's learned a thing or two from you, mate. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> yeah, he's come really well. Um, you know, even when he come back towards the back end of the season, he looked good in training, and, and you know, um, I think he's got a great foil as well in Costa. Who's so unselfish in what in what he does. Um, you know, he come from Melbourne and he scored 15 goals for them the season before. And he sort of adapted his role to me, really, Costa. Uh, yeah. And but he had a great partnership working, uh, you know, like on and off the field. Um, you know, I can't speak highly enough of Costa. I think, you know, obviously he gets a bit of flack, which I've seen uh, when people are tweeting me about it. But, you know, Costa's... <laughs> Jimmy Costa never is, <laughs> is a striker. Um, you know, I think he'll have a great season as well. I think, and he'll, he'll be great for Trent because them two speedsters up front. You know, Costa's really good at coming to to feet and and changing mm. the game uh, eat wise. So, um, I think they've got a really good you know replacement in for Trent yeah. uh, for Trent, and hopefully they do well again this season. And you know, maybe they can free feet. That'll be that'll be amazing. Would be incredible. Would be incredible. Um, Craigie asks, and this is your opinion, Alf. Um, apart from goals and goal scoring, what, in your opinion, makes a good or successful striker? Being reliable. I think you have to be reliable with the ball, um, depending on what system you're playing in. Obviously, if you're just a, a single nine on your own up front, and you can, you've got enough players around you just to sort of goal line, which would be perfect for me. Um, then you can do that. But I think you need to be reliable on the ball. You need to hold the ball up. You need to work hard. I think that's work, probably working hard is probably the most important thing. You have to, you know, make the defenders tired as well. Not just yourself tired, the defenders tired. They won't be sick of, you know, seeing the back of you chasing them or mm. hounding them. Um, and I think for goal scoring strikers, you need to be able to anticipate. I think that's one of my key, key, um, you know, ingredients for me as a footballer is that I anticipate so much, um, I'm always thinking the defender's going to miss it, the ball's going to bounce here. That's why I've put myself in them positions where I score on the line and stuff like that is because, you know, I've sort of read the situation, preempted it and thought, you know, if the ball bounces here, great, I'm scoring. If it doesn't, what? I've not missed anything anyway. I'm just on the goal line. So for me, uh, anticipation is one of the, you know, the strongest attributes, I think, for a striker who, who plays as a nine and, and wants to score goals for sure. Makes me think of that um, goal you scored against Wellington in Wellington yes. early in the season. Oh, chase, um, it chase it down. And <laughs> I didn't think, it, and then you just got in behind him and hooked your foot around. And that was a two all draw, it I was, think it was. Yeah. yeah. You opened up the scoring. Yeah, there. Mm-hmm. That game. We got yeah. halfway. I remember that one. We got halfway that game. They were good that game. Yeah, they were. Very good. Um, so we've got some quick fire ones and, and we'll kind of, we, we, we like to, to, whenever we have a guest on, we'd like to finish off on, on, on this note. Right. Um, and these are uh, some of our standard quick fire questions. Sean and I will split them. Um, what game did you enjoy more, uh, and got you more revved up the, the big blue or the Derby? Wonders oh. weren't really a, a rival, were they? <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. Exactly. Uh, yeah. what a... I mean, like when I was there, they weren't a rival. Yeah, last couple of years have died in the arse and prior, well, they have. Prior to you, you know, the, the derbies and the stadiums were sold out and there was even more black and red than there were blue, but last couple of years have been nowhere to be seen. Don't get me wrong, it was great going to their, their new stadium. You know, the first derby was awesome. Like, that yeah. was awesome. Um, but we ended up turning it ours, didn't we, in the end? Didn't we win the trophy there? Yes. Sure did. <laughs> yeah. Still the only team to win it one then. 
Exactly. Um, who's who's the biggest pest in the squad, and why is it Michael Zullo? <laughs> yeah. Zul's probably. A, I think Gals is a, a big kid as well. He's a bit like me, where he's a he's a bit of a kid. Um, and Bratzy as well. Bratzy's a bit of a pest, but he's more like rascal gear. Like comes in with like the craziest things you've ever seen. <laughs> is it the haircuts? Yeah, well, yeah, a little bit. Uh, so, would they be evenly spread for funniest, or is there uh, is there someone else that's kind of under the radar, crack you up? Um, nah, I'd probably say Gauzer for funniest. Retre as well. Retre comes out with some funny stuff sometimes. Wow. Yeah, that's yeah. A, someone else has told us yeah. Paolo before. He's sort of the silent it assassin. Redders. <laughs> it could Redders be Redders. Yeah. Yeah. Some of the stuff he comes out with is hilarious, man. <laughs> and what about um with your time in India or you know Indian cuisine is so prevalent over in, <laughs> in the UK as well do you have a favourite Indian meal like a favourite dish I can't handle the stuff here mate if I'm honest I tried a, I've tried a few dishes early doors and uh, it weren't for me like I was struggling after it after That's eating it the next couple of days are you on the toilet no it was alright it was alright going in let me tell you it was alright going in <laughs> <laughs> Those bowels will work. What what's the, the room service of choice then? What's the, uh, nah, no room service. I just get pasta every day. I might eat pasta every day. Uh, man. Uh, carb loading. I was going to say, I thought you might want to bother <laughs> yeah. and a green. Yeah. 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 yeah, just like a little bit of pasta, chicken, and whatever they can put with it. Um, it's, it's quite, I'll try, I try, I do try to sample some of them, but they're, you just sort of know you open the tin like on the on the food and you know the spices hit you and like, like okay it's not clear the sinuses <laughs> it's not for me <laughs> what about uh when you're growing up in your early football days as a kid do you have a favorite player like for me growing up as a kid i love watching paul gasgoin uh, gaza do you have a favorite player as you growing up as a kid yeah it's sort of canton i was was one of my first heroes you know um I think my mum, if you spoke to my mum, my dad did say like when I was like seven or eight, I'd be collar up on the, you know, Sunday league pitch, chest out, swaggering, <laughs> this little, I'm, I'm, I'm smaller than Zulo, like little girl. <laughs> <laughs> and like everyone's giant and I'm like chesting out, like, come on then, give me the ball. Like, Flying into the stands. I, I, loved, uh, I, loved, I loved it. I loved it. And even now, like, um, R9 when I got to like 13, 14 I love watching you know Brazilian Ronaldo videos and mm. watching him obviously the older stuff is much better of him pre-injury when he was you know unstoppable and unplayable but he still had you know brief moments of you know undoubted class later on in his career as well and and I, I love watching you know Ronaldo his, his, his tricks and stuff like that crazy yeah. especially against you know proper defenders as well he's playing against proper defenders not defenders you, yeah. know, you know wingers and stuff like that in the modern game now we were so-called top defenders mm. and uh, oh sorry oh, you're sorry, gonna sure. go john yeah i'll just go a quick one a quick one just thought of then if um i'm, I'm a i'm a Leeds united fan so uh. we won't talk about the result on the weekend against menu but um <laughs> but um what's the score mate i was listening to i was listening to a pod with patrick bamford on it and he was talking about um how bielsa has sort of um told him to to watch Erling Haaland and how he's, you know, how he finishes and how he plays with his explosive speed, just to see if, if Paddy can pick up something from his game, you know, not try to replicate him because you, you don't really want it. You want to be your own player, but you know, 
Haaland is obviously one of the the best uh, forwards in the world at the Absolutely. moment at such a young age. Is there anyone that that you sort of tried to to I guess replicate part of their game or, or pick it up? You mentioned R nine, obviously, but um, I think I still do it now. I always watch the top strikers now. Um, I love watching Aguero, even though he's a blue. Like I love <laughs> his movements a joke. I, lo- I love watching Defoe. I love watching him when he played. Like obviously, when he was younger at Tottenham, mm. West Ham. Obviously, definitive striker. Um, I think Rude Van Nistelrooy when he was at United. What you know, a like, He was the ultimate penalty box striker. I think he only scored one goal outside the box. So, mm. you know, when you're watching him in the box and, and even playing against Chicharito when we played United away, I remember being up the far end of the pitch and obviously they they was they were attacking and. Um, Chicharito's done this bit of movement and I was just like you shouldn't be doing that much movement but he like spun the defender in like knots I think he scored an header from it and I was like nah why has he done all that movement just magic I was like why has he done all that movement but he scored from it and I was like I'm going to have to start doing that because that's a joke like he's gone he's gone near far near far back to the near and scored and I was like oh. just double movement just double far do the that. near or yeah. <laughs> Well, I was just, I was amazed by it, how, how sharp he was doing it. He was like, he did a move, he did say like do a movement for a defender and a movement for yourself, but he like did a movement for every defender in the back line and then still scored. It was crazy. It was honestly crazy. And, um, he, he, he was obviously like a, a bit more of a, a modern day poacher as well. And, you know, watching him and his movement was, is always something I've watched. Now this next one, this next question is a bit of a personal one from me. Um, sometimes I jump on YouTube and, you know, you go down the YouTube rabbit hole <laughs> and over the last, I don't know, year or so, I've come across Soccer AM, uh, you know, the drill. And, oh, I, <laughs> and I really like Jimmy Bullard. I like his humour. He was quite a good player <laughs> in his day. When you were at Wolves and they came over to do the, you know, the drill, the Soccer AM thing, have you ever lived that Have you ever lived that no, I, I never watched it. Never watched it. Uh, <laughs> wasn't some of your best, Alfie. I, I, admittedly, I love you, but huh? I didn't do it. I was meant to be getting a train home. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unless they edited, it, it was some really terrible editing to make you look, you know, not a normal you know self. You know the first drill where you like you volley it and stuff. Yeah. I'm yeah. not joking. Off camera, did it straight away, and I said to him, <laughs> "I said, oh no, okay now." I said, "I've just wasted it." And I knew it. I was waiting, like, I was obviously ready to go home. I was the only fit striker, and I was like, I don't want to do it. Like, I said to the coach, like, I want to go home. Like, I want to go home. And he's like, oh, just please wait for us, 2 o'clock. Blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. I was like, I'm ready to leave at, like, half 12. Yeah. I was like, oh, God, right, okay, I'll wait. So I'm waiting around, and I'm messing around in the dome. And then I did the first drill, and, like, without the cameras on, and I did it, and I was like, nah, this is a bad day. I, know, I knew straight away it was a bad day. So I thought if I do it now without the cameras on, I'm not going to do it. Yep. So obviously, I shanked the first football, and I was just like, "Oh, <laughs> a few shanks." I just do something like that. Yeah, and my career was going like that with it. But they went into that tiebreak. Why they loaned you? Thought there was an opportunity for you to come back, but now nah, Jimmy oh, no. he put it out of his. Yeah, you know. Who knows? I never watched it. Never, I never watched it. Everyone's like, oh, you watched it. I was like, nah. <laughs> Didn't go on it. <laughs> it's best forgotten. 
Yeah, I don't think Danny saw that. So, yeah. talking about... what are we doing? It was Adam Schmafondre, not not Adam Lafondre. He didn't do it. <laughs> it was your brother. It was your brother. And very last question: um, Do you have a most? We know you love Man U, but do you have a really hated EPL Championship, League One, to whatever team? Do you, is there a team that you really love to hate? I don't love to, I do hate, I don't love to hate them. No. Um, I hate Liverpool. <laughs> oh, love it. You just talked himself out of a contract with Liverpool next no. year. So, <laughs> come on. No, <laughs> no fair enough. So, yeah. Yeah, that's biggest rivals. Biggest rivals. Yeah. Absolutely. I hate to see them win the league, let me tell you. Oh, I'm sure you that would have. Beautiful. I'll tell you what, though, um, you know, bias aside from Leeds, um, Geez, McTominay looked good the other day, mate. He just, he just uh, looked absolutely he looked sensational. He looked good against these. There was a lot of gaps, though, so it helped us. There was, there was. We were pretty terrible, um, mate. Mumbai City are, are top of the league. You, I think you're leading goal scorer at the moment. Another goal a couple of days ago, uh, mate. Look, we we couldn't thank you enough for joining us uh, on on the podcast. Uh, I know you've done a couple at the moment, um, and and you know I hope we've helped you kill some time uh, in between manager meetings. Um, we know you're the golden haired boy, so you wouldn't be in trouble. But from the bottom of our hearts, mate, thank you very very much for your time. And uh, mate, keep going well. And I'll still hold out that tiny skerrick of hope that you may, may come back one day to see. Thanks, guys. Thank you. You never know. You never know with football. 